Hallelujah. If you believe in that mighty God, shout amen. 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 And you may be seated. Well, I'm sorry that you have to endure another week with me having little voice. It's stronger than it was a week ago, but it still kind of is coming and going. So don't mistake whatever tricks my voice do today for puberty. It's just sickness that is not wanting to let me go, but I don't think I'm contagious. This week three, I've never been sick this long in my life. In my life. I've been sicker for shorter periods of time. I've never had something I couldn't shrug off. Uh, usually I get sick and it's two, two days max and I just bounce right back. Uh, but uh, whatever this is doesn't want to leave me alone. Anyhow, let's open our, our Bibles today. I'm going to very quickly go to a few passages. I did not communicate my verses to the audiovisual team. Um, in part because I want to do this quickly and, and just absorb it as, as fast as we can. Uh, but first from the book of Genesis chapter 2 and verse 23. Adam said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. And they shall be one flesh. And everybody say, one flesh. flesh. Amen. And now I'm going to flip to the New Testament. And I'm going to read from the book of Romans, chapter 13, verse number 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that are, or the powers that be, are ordained of God. And finally today from the book of Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Speaking with Brother Harold yesterday and Brother John at Men's Huddle, I kind of got a sermon idea, and I want to share today some thoughts about institutions. Would you bow your head and pray with me one more time? A blessing from the Lord, Heavenly Father. We're here today because of you, not because, Lord, anything we've done. It's you. It's your work. It's your word that we read from. It's your spirit, oh God, we have in us. It's you, oh Jesus, your kingdom, why we gather and I pray, Lord, that something could be done today to help us, to help our inner man, to help our spirit and our soul, to be blessed, O Lord, in you and in your word and in knowledge of you, O God. Help us, O Lord, to be lights shining in darkness. I pray it all in your wonderful name. Amen. 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 Now, we quickly read today three passages that that you could have read others to help support the point you could read a lot of verses to 
to express the point, but I, I wanted to briefly do it because I wanted to just get us on the same page as quickly as possible, and that is that God instituted in this world three fundamental things, three fundamental things for societies to be built upon. And there are many verses, as I said, that go to express the point, but these three I chose do express that point. The first is that God instituted a family. Man shall leave his, his father, his mother, and cleave unto his wife. The two shall be one. He instituted in this world human government. There are no powers other than what he allows to happen which definitely brings a unique dilemma to Christians when we get upset at our government and don't we ever get upset from time to time, amen? But there is an understanding here that God lets certain things happen. It doesn't mean he approves of it. Don't misunderstand me. It doesn't mean that we can't speak out against it when it's wrong. There's definitely Bible for that as well. But he instituted among men the idea of human government nations, I would say starting at Babel when he split tongues and people had to coalesce in different groups and form a way to have a society. And of course, more specifically, he instituted the nation of Israel and gave them law and government and how to live and were a schoolmaster as the New Testament says, Paul writing, a schoolmaster for us today, that it was an institution that we could use and learn from and build upon and fulfill when Christ came. (coughs) And the third institution is the church itself. The Bible kind of just introduces this word all of a sudden, this passage in Matthew is the first time it uses this, you know, this idea of the church. What is the church? The church is like unto Israel. There are these human nations, these human governments, and he chose Abraham, spoke to Abraham and called him out of the Ur of Chaldees. And that is exactly what the word church means. It means called out from the rest of the world. So when people look at the church and they say, those people are weird, they are correct. Weird as compared to them. Weird as compared to the normal, the mundane, the average, uh, whatever word you'd like to use. In other words, there's all these other things going on. And we are, in the Greek, it's ecclesia, we are called out. where you get the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, called out. From among them. God says it in the Old Testament to the Israelites. And he says it in the New Testament. Come out from among them and be a separate people. Be a different people. Be a weird people. Just if you sit next to someone, just look at them real quick and say, you're weird. You're weird. And yeah, I mean, some of us are weirder than others, but probably no one here weirder than me, so you're in good company. And it's okay to be different than the rest of the world. Anyhow, (coughs) God instituted these institutions 
for specific reasons. And the biggest reason I'll say is that men, and you can think about it in the sense of mankind in general, or even I would say more specifically today, the male gender, men are crazy. Women, it's a good time to say amen. I'm not picking on you. I'm picking on him. Men are out of control. Men need restraint. If, if we didn't have wives and governments and churches, we would burn everything, break everything, shoot everything. I wish I had a witness right now. Come on. Tasha's got my back here, but I need some more help. I mean, I need some honest guys here that understand the crazy things that go through your mind on a daily and weekly basis, and you're like, oh, I can't do any of those things. Any of those thousand things I thought about this week. But see, that's flesh, and in particular, that's fallen flesh, post-the-garden flesh. And yeah, I know I could pick on women for certain things, but let's be honest, guys, when it comes to what I'm talking about right now, we're the big culprit here. We're out of control in, in our dominance, in our sexuality, in our, uh, our conquering nature. I, I, you know, I wish my mom were here right now. She'd be like, she'd be looking at my dad. You hear him? You hear him? Listen to him. I know she would. So we need, men, we need families. We need a wife because she throttles us way down, way down. And I'm not saying that you can't live a happy, successful life not being married because, of course, then you've got the rest of society to kind of help throttle you, to control you, to, to point you in a, in, a, in a healthy direction. You see, if there is no government to say what is right and what is wrong, then it is a free-for-all. That is anarchy, right? The, the extreme version of self-government, but it's not so much self-government as no government. And it is, even though there are advocates for it in what they think would be a healthy way, that type of existentialism is very dangerous to everyone else around you because now you write the rules and they can change from day to day. Sounds like our court systems right now. Sounds like a lot of things right now. So we need government. The Bible says it repeatedly. We read it in Romans. You know, be, be subject to the powers over you. There's a reason that they're there. You know, Jesus speaking and Paul speaking at times, they, they, they express and say, you know, the government is over you not to... Not to make you evil, but to make you good. But we all know that governments are very insufficient at this. That because they're made up of people. And people, man, is crazy. And out of control. And desperately wicked. The Bible says we're desperately wicked. Our imaginations. We imagine new ways to be evil, new ways to sin. But when we coalesce as a government, as a, as a people, we institute rules and regulations. 
This is the language even in our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution, you know, rules regulate. They're instituted among men for certain things, to have peace among people, that we won't be killing each other and stealing from each other all the time. It's important to have these institutions. God knew this. But he also knew how insufficient human government is because, of course, it doesn't take long looking at history to find human governments that are, that are, are so unrestrained. They take what I what I described for one single man, and they, they industrialize it. They put it on a massive scale, that murder and that, that pillaging and that, even that rape and that, that genocide that, that runs through the human mind. It doesn't take long in history to point to examples time after time after time again. So God says, you know, yeah, human government is insufficient and he gives to the world his, his church. And you know, the, the, the failing of the church is the fact that it's still made up of men, mankind. Can I get a witness right now? Someone say, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Amen. I'm imperfect and I'm failed and I'm flawed. But that's why Jesus said, you're not going to be built on man. He said, you're going to be built on the rock. And the rock, even though his name means stone, it's not Peter. He said, who do you say that I am? And Simon answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter. It was a divine revelation. And upon this truth, upon this fact, upon this, this revelation, I will build my church. In other words, the church is built upon Jesus Christ. And if we need any more evidence of that, the Bible furthermore says he is the chief cornerstone. He's the first block laid in this, this metaphoric building we have this church is built on Jesus Christ. That's one of the reasons when we baptize people, we baptize them in the name of Jesus Christ. When we pray for people to be healed and to be well, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. How many know that the Bible says all that you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus Christ? Because if we're not built on him, we don't have a church. We're not in his church anyway. We might be called out, but we're called out to some left field. We're not called and built upon him. We need these institutions. We need the church. We need a good government. And maybe, maybe in a, such a fundamental way, what society needs are families. Strong families. You know, people will look when they're looking to move. They will look, of course, at a neighborhood. Well, they have a budget, of course, and they want a certain type of house. But one of the things they look for much of the time is what are the schools like? What are the schools like? What are the schools like? You know, this is, is a funny dilemma because a, a reflection of the schools is almost 100% a reflection of the families. Almost has nothing to do with the teachers. Almost has nothing to do with the administration. Almost has nothing to do with it. Now, I'm, saying, I'm not saying there can't be really good ones, and we know that there can be really bad ones. Teachers and administrators and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Find a good school. You have found a, 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 a city, a community of good and strong families. 
if that's true for your schools, do you think it could be true for your church? I'd like to just drill down here for a minute. <laughs> because there's a lot we can complain about about the church and, and, and take issue with about the church. And I've said it's an institution that God gave us. It's important and, and it's critical and it's essential. Uh, uh, but, but more fundamental even than the church. I'm not trying to take anything away from the church. But more fundamental than the church is the family. That we know how to treat and to raise children. That we know how to treat our spouse. That we know how to interact with love and compassion and long-suffering. I wish I had a witness right now. That, that good churches, just like good schools and good communities, are built with good families. Healthy families. Yeah. Amen. But you know, long ago... These institutions came under attack. They came under attack, you know, for, for human government. I already mentioned it. I don't take long in history to point out uh, genocides and horrible things. Even that, that human government instituted by God, the nation of Israel called out to be a separate people. You know, King Manasseh was one of the nastiest, most horrible people to ever be in power. Instituted child sacrifice. Let's burn our kids to the god Molech. Does that make more sense now when I was describing men? Mankind? How we will just destroy everything in sight if we don't have someone to restrain us? And we have a lot less restraining us when it's human government says, oh, go ahead and do it. This is a good idea. It's a great idea. Go ahead and do it. The adversary, our adversary, the devil, has been destroying human government, human rulers, kings, presidents, prime ministers, legislatures since the beginning, since they first existed. He's attacking them trying to bring out more humanity, trying to bring out more carnality, trying to bring out more and more sin. And governments have been afflicted greatly by the adversary. Even a nation like America, who we can point to in our history and say we're trying to do the best we can in a moral sense. I think it was John Adams said that, you know, our Constitution can only work for a moral sense. People, I think it was George Washington who said, we've staked our, our, our hope in the future in our ability to follow the Ten Commandments. These people, they may have not been the most faithful churchgoers on average, but they understood that people needed morality. People needed a God. People needed something there to say, this is right and this is wrong. But even in a government like that, Many are the things we can point to and say, that's wrong, that's evil, that's horrible. How dare we do that? That was awful that we did that from slavery to the internment of Japanese to the instituting and legalization of abortion. You don't think that you can commit genocide? What are we doing to stop it? 
And we've got over 60 million since Roe versus Wade in our country alone. That's not a worldwide statistic. We participate in the greatest genocide the world has ever known. And Manasseh, who I described, really can't hold a candle to us. Because the enemy, the adversary, seeks to tear down the institutions of God. In our society, in our culture, you look around at the minor institutions that make up the major institution we would call our country or our government. You look around and you, you tell me where you have confidence anymore. This is in particular what I was speaking with uh, Brother Harold and Brother John about yesterday at Men's Huddle, that, that it, it, everywhere you look, do you have any faith in the schools? No. Do you have any faith in, in, in our hospital system now through COVID? No. Do you have any, any faith and in, in, any, any, any confidence in anything around you, whether that's local government, state government, federal government, any institution? Around? You don't believe anybody. You don't trust anybody. You don't believe what you read in the newspaper because you can't because you realize everyone's lying. And there's no faith and there's no confidence in institutions because the devil, the adversary, comes in and brings all of the humanity to the surface. He's attacked our churches. He's been doing that just like human government since the beginning. How long did the church exist? Before Ananias and Sapphira lied about what they were giving. It's a funny story. Well, not funny, haha. But funny, and I don't understand it completely. Here we are in, in, in the New Testament, and, and things are on a different level. It's a spiritual walk, and it's a, a walk of faith. And here they come in and say, here's our offering. We sold all that we owned. Because that was like the, the, the thing to do at that time. It's like, oh, we're just going to sell everything. We're going to give it to the church. But here they held back however much for themselves, and they said it was all. And God struck them dead. I find that peculiar on, on face value. I find it peculiar. God doesn't ask any of us to do this. It was a free offering anyway. Why would he do this? But, but the lesson is found in that, that Peter... Speaking to them, he reveals it to us. You, you haven't lied to me. You've lied to the Holy Ghost. You're trying to trick God. Thankfully, he doesn't do that to us anymore. No one I know have been struck because they didn't give enough in the offering. It's okay. Lighten up, everybody. We all know we all be dead now. Thank God he doesn't treat us that way anymore. So it's funny, right? It's a funny story. I don't understand all of it, but... But he's been attacking, the adversary's been attacking ever since the foundation of the church. I mean, the, 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 the church is born in Acts 2, Ananias and Sapphira is Acts 5. It don't take long for the devil to start doing what the devil does. Your adversary, the devil, walks about, the Bible says, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So be sober, be vigilant, be on the watch. Understand you have an adversary, you have an enemy, you have an institution to protect in the church. Because, yeah, it's, it's full of humans, it's full of failings, it's full of uh, frailty, and it's 
full of weakness. But it can also be full of the Holy Ghost. I want to say that one more time. It can also be full of the Holy Ghost. It can also be full of the name of Jesus. It can also be full of people that know how to pray. It can also be a place that's full of faith. Hallelujah. I wish I had a witness right now. It can be a place where you can come in from the cares of this world in a failing government, in a failing society, and you can find truth, and you can find rest for your soul, and you can find help in hours of need, and you can find every answer where there is no answer, where doctors don't have a solution. God has a solution. I want you to raise your hand if you know someone in this place, from this church, has been healed of cancer. Amen. I know more than one where God has moved. He's moved in great things like cancer and he's moved in small things like back aches. God can do it. He's got the answer. He's still the solution and he's found in the church. He's found in the church. He's found in the church. All these institutions though, they're under attack like, like seemingly never before but I make that statement probably not in a historical context of the world but in a context of just America. You know, how, how are we supposed to believe our nation will carry on if every institution we look to is falling down and crumbling? How, how long will the, will the country last if, everything, if we have no confidence in any of it? How long can the country last? And so that's what I mean. It seems to be under attack like, like never before. Like never before. When it actively works against other institutions. What do I mean? Well, we've got the institution of human government, right? We're in the United States of America. And in 2015, we decide, well, you know, the institution of marriage is no longer the institution of marriage. It's the institution of whatever we want it to be. Now, for a long time, people were saying, look, you don't want to go down that road. You don't want to do that. You don't want to say that, you know, this one can marry that one and that one can marry this one and it doesn't matter and there is no difference and, you know, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. And we were accused of uh, 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 saying, oh, you're just trying to make a slippery slope argument. But we've left the slippery slope a long time ago. We've left it. It's way behind us. Therefore, man shall leave his mother and his father and cleave unto his wife and the two should be one. That is marriage. I mean, you, we, we, can, we can modify it however you want to make you happy in the sense of let's go pay a tax so we can get a license to get married. We can have a ceremony and make a big wedding and make a big ado about it and have a party and have a great time. And that's nothing wrong with that. But what marriage is, is the man cleaving to the woman and the two being one. That is marriage. It's not the man cleaving to the man. It's not the woman cleaving to the woman. That is not marriage. That is perversion. Oh, you're not allowed to say that. Well, sorry. It's deviance. It has deviated his, uh, a different path. That's why it's not marriage. You're taking something that God instituted and said, oh, I'm going to go over this way with it. No, 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 no. I hope I'm not just boring everybody to tears right now. 
but, but give me a minute. You see, it's just the condition of man. We are fallen and we are failed and we are, we are just so full of, of the garbage of sin. Man thought he had a good idea and say, well, let's give tax incentives and medical benefits and this and that and the other because we want to incentivize marriage. This is what we don't understand, though, in saying that the unintended consequence is that we, as a government, did not institute marriage. God instituted marriage. And although we have this good intent historically to say we want good families, so let's incentivize good families. No, you need God to have good families. You need the spirit of Jesus in your country to have good families. You need people reading the Bible and understanding it that they might have good families. You don't need government intervention. And so because we started to build the idea of, of marriage on tax benefits and tax breaks and medical benefits and all this and all that, everyone's saying that's not married, like, well, why don't I get that stuff? Fast forward, and now we have no confidence in the institution of marriage. We have no confidence in the institution of marriage in, in, in America. Who are the Gen Zs that are just can't wait and eloping? They just can't wait. Run off together to get married. <laughs> no way, man. I got to get my career in order. I got to get this in order. I mean, we'll live together for 15 years, but we're not getting married. Oh, I feel like I struck fire, Betty. I feel like I finally, I hit the oil underneath. That's not God's institution. Don't abuse his institution. Don't pervert his institution. That's not what God wants. People are biblically married and don't know it. Did you hear me? You've left your mother and your father. You've cleaved unto her, but you're not married. Oh, shut up. What, what silliness. You just haven't had a $50,000 party. Marriage is not a $50,000 party. It's a commitment. It is the throttling of you because you're out of control, man. It is building a life together with someone else. It is companionship. It is beautiful and wonderful. It is such a great institution that God gave this world, but here we are in 2022, seven years past that horrible Supreme Court decision, and now we're trying to figure out if people are allowed to change species. No, I didn't say gender. I said species. You want to have a disturbing afternoon today? Go on YouTube and look up people becoming horses and people becoming dragons and people becoming whatever they want under the sun. Well, that happened fast, didn't it? Yeah. Switch gender, switch races, switch this, switch. Can't you just be happy with little old you? No, because the enemy has perverted everything, even the institution of you 
as a being, and it brings to life those words given in the New Testament, he comes not but for to kill, to steal, to destroy. Destroy you, destroy the institution, destroy your marriage. Oh, I wish I had a witness that, that the devil wants to destroy your marriage. Destroy your government. He wants to destroy your church. He wants to destroy all of it. It is a vexation as a minister when we look around and we say, oh, how can we make the church grow? How can we make it better? How can we do this? How can we do that? We want to force so much to be better. I think that you can understand that maybe for your own job, for your own family, for whatever. I look around and I'm like, Man, God, help me fill the place. Help me do this. Help me do that. How, how do we make it happen? And, and here's the, the baseline. I can't make it happen. You and I, we can't make it happen. We can work towards it, but we can't make people love Jesus. We can't make them serve him. We can't make them coalesce in a church. And so what is a successful church? What is a successful institution of God doing his will? Sorry, it wasn't more illuminating and mind-blowing, but it's doing his will. And so I have to take confidence in that. Lord, I wish the church was this, and I wish it was that, and I wish it was bigger, and I wish it was grander, and I wish we had more influence in the community. I wish I had the, the ear of the mayor or whatever. I wish I could influence things more. But, but the, the fundamental thing here is that the church doesn't have to do all that. It doesn't have to be all that. To be the church, the institution of marriage, right? Man, woman, together, one flesh. What is the institution of the church? Those who are called out. It doesn't mean it has to be a million. It doesn't have to be a thousand. It doesn't have to be a hundred. Where two or three are gathered in his name. There is he also. That's what the Bible says. We're two or three. This is his institution. There's those who are called out. Understand, they're weird. They're peculiar. They're on a different path, going to a different place. And to those, the Bible says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. There's a ministry there to help. Those who are called out, stay on the path. That's all church is, you know? And so, and so that's success. Just, are we preaching the truth? Are we still living in the word of God? Are we still preaching against sin and reproach and, 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 and the world and, and all that the devil is trying to do? Are we preaching against that? And, and even more than that, are we preaching the name of Jesus? Are we declaring his gospel? Are we declaring his goodness? Because this is the institution that's going to be received up into glory one day. He is coming back for a bride, for a church that's made itself ready, that's without spot, that's without blemish, that's been washed in the blood of the Lamb, and has made itself ready for the marriage supper with Jesus Christ. Protect those institutions, I want to tell someone today. Protect, you know, there's little you can do for 
controlling everything in Washington. And we can show up and vote, and we can share our opinion on social media as if anyone cares. But we can protect our families, and we can protect our churches. Can I say that one more time? You can protect the institution of your family. You can protect your church. You can pray for it. You can labor for it. You can sweat for it. You can cry for it. You can, oh, hallelujah. You can believe in it. You can support it. You can care for the people in your pew and in the other pews and and the ones who you know ought to be here or could be here or should be here or would be here. Care for this institution. It was set up by God. It was set up by God. Amen. Would you stand with me? Raise your hands to heaven. And just speak to the Lord for a minute today. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, help our families. If great families can build great schools, great communities, I know that they can build a great church. So, Lord, instruct the men here on how to be good husbands, how to be good fathers. Lord, to, yes, be that discipline for their children, but not to provoke them to wrath, as your word says. Help the women, O God, of our church, the mothers, to be the type of nurturers, O God, that you would have them to be, full of compassion, full of love, full of long-suffering, and still the leaders of their homes and the protectors of their homes as you would have them to be. God, help them to be great wives for their husbands and great mothers for their children. Help us, O God, to honor what you've given us. These bodies and who we are, our identity that we have, the marriages, O God, you've orchestrated. Help us, O God, to protect the institution of our church. That it means something to us. We're not only here to receive, we're here to give, we're here to build, we're here to labor. We're here to care for, tend to, be a part of, invest in this institution, the ecclesia, the body, those who are called out. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, would you continue to pray, church? Close your eyes, bow your head, or lift your hands, whatever makes you comfortable, but speak to the Lord. Speak to Him about who you are and who your family is. Speak to Him about who your church is, the identity that it has, what it ought to be doing, what it could be doing, what it should be doing. Oh, hati anile mamo shushuroli baba hisa seriri di anile na maharolo kunulu. Neni ni ni aya yoke mama na na da shusho baba bahata roba baba hoko kuni na na roba. Nele le la mama no 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 ni. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, prepare me.
Isn't the Lord good? Isn't it good to know Him? To know Him in the power of His resurrection. So glad to have been with you all today. Talking about the Lord. Looking into His Word. And being led by His Spirit. We pray special blessing on all of you. Hope you have a wonderful week. And see you back here next Sunday filled with exuberance and ready to worship the Lord again. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed in his name.